Welcome back to Ask a Monk. Today's question <clears throat> is on uh, envy and competitiveness. Um, when we acknowledge the fact that these states are common in the world, uh, how can we hope to remedy them? So there are two different answers to this question depending on which way you look at it. If you're talking about remedying it within yourself, then uh, it's, it's, it's a much easier question to answer. If you're talking about remedying it in the world, then uh, it requires perhaps uh, a little bit of extra explanation. But I'll try to go through both of these. Uh, as for remedying it in ourselves, uh, the, the remedy for states like envy and competitiveness are a reassessment of our um, idea of what is uh, what is worth um, what has intrinsic worth what is beneficial um, <clears throat> I think too often we uh, mistake the cause or we think of the things that we are competing for as intrinsically valuable. And so even though we might acknowledge the fact that envy and competitiveness are negative states, we uh, limit our uh, attempts to mitigate them or to eradicate them to uh, the suppression or the um, uh, the limiting of our desires. So uh, we agree that the things that we're competing for are worthwhile, but because everyone wants them, um, we have to either compete for them, which we think is wrong, or we have to uh, suppress our desire for them, and we have to some come to some sort of compromise where everyone gets part of what they would uh, like to what what they want. Now I think this is a um, unfortunate um, state of affairs and it's of course part of our inability to see things clearly that uh, <clears throat> we have limited ourselves or our uh, solutions to the problems of the world by our um, inability to re-evaluate our position or to, to come out of this narrow-minded and uh, um, this um, subjective state of affairs. The, the Buddha said that we can cling to, when we cling to something, it's either through our um, craving for sensuality, for simple the simple sensations we want to see good things see beautiful things we want to hear beautiful sounds we want to smell uh, good smells and we want to taste delicious tastes we want to feel uh, pleasant sensations and we want to have um, pleasant ideas or pleasant thoughts and uh, this is the first way we can cling to something a second way we cling to something is our desire to uh, be something, uh, our desire to attain some abstract notion, wanting to be famous, wanting to be rich, wanting to be uh, powerful and so on, wanting 
to be something or to have some state of affairs uh, arise. The, and the third way is by desiring for, for some state of affairs or some state to cease. Desiring not to be something. I don't want to be this, I don't want to be that. Um, not wanting to, um, to, to come into contact with certain, um, certain states. Not wanting to be poor, not wanting to be um, in, in this or that state or have this or that state of affairs be present. So, the, um, the, the based on these three sorts of craving or desire, we we come into conflict with others because, of course, the the other people want the same uh, sorts of things that we want, or or are also trying to attain the same sorts of things. We've come to accept that certain sensations, certain um, experiences are pleasant. We've come to uh, accept that certain states of being are, are, um, are preferable, being famous, being rich, being powerful, and so on. And we've come to accept that certain states of affairs are inferior, certain ways of being, like living in a cave or wearing rags or so on, are inferior, and, and we want to be free from these states. The so the, the the true way to for ourselves to overcome these is to see through them to see that the sensations that we have our 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 uh, experiences of the world are actually uh, ob objective they're they're um, they're neither good nor bad. And to be able to see through this partiality, that, that uh, when we see something, it's merely seeing. When we hear something, it's merely hearing. When we smell, it's merely smelling. We, we have to actually overcome this uh, addiction that we have for sensuality. This is the, the first way that we overcome these, these states. The second way, understanding that there is no intrinsic benefit in a specific state of affairs coming to understand that being rich has no intrinsic uh, value of being powerful, being famous, being uh, the boss or being the head of a company or the, the um, head of a department or so on and so on, uh, having lots of clothes, having a nice house, having a, a car, a beautiful car, a beautiful family, having uh, lots of children and so on. That there's, there's nothing intrinsically uh, positive or negative about these things, but based on our ability to see through them, we uh, we become in tune with reality, and we are able to uh, accept things as they are. So, when other people want uh, certain things, we we have no desire for those things, and we're able to give them up. We're able to let them go, and this has a lot to do with ego, um, the ability to give up our ego, not having to be right, not having to be the winner to be successful, to be victorious, uh, not having to fight with people. So when someone wants something, uh, we don't have any need to um, be seen as the victor or to be something. Um, when we're able to give it up, no matter if people ridicule us or, or call us a loser or call us a bum or so on, uh, it, th these words really have no meaning. We have no desire for other people's um, praise, we have no desire for other people's uh, approval, 
we have no desire for other people's envy or so on. Um, we can see that these things have no intrinsic value. The, this also comes about through the practice of meditation. When you start to see, when you're able to break reality up into pieces and, and into its ultimate components, you can see that the, there is no meaning in being rich or famous or powerful or successful or so on. Uh, even the praise of other people is simply sound coming from our coming to our ears and, and thoughts arising in our mind of how people love us and esteem us. And it has no real uh, lasting effect on, on our true peace and happiness. It, it brings no lasting peace. And the, the same goes with uh, our desire for things not to be, wanting to be free from state, from certain states. So when, when we see that there is nothing intrinsically wrong with uh, certain certain states of affairs, like living um, in poverty or living in um, living as nobody or not having education or so on. Um, the, any sort of state of affairs that is undesirable, we come to see that it's only undesirable because of our expectations, because of our partiality. And if we're impartial, uh, then we're able to. To, to live with anything when there are people in our lives that we'd rather be uh, free from when there are states of affairs, when we're sick or so on. We don't feel disturbed by these states or these people. We're able to live our lives in peace, uh, even with difficult situations or, or difficult um, phenomenon, phenomena, things that uh, would cause other people suffering and difficulty, things that are accepted by the world to be negative states. We we come to uh, see rather that it is the attachment and the partiality, the anger and the greed and the delusion and the egotism and so on that are truly negative and we desire to get rid of these. And through getting rid of these, it, there, there's no competition. I suppose some might say, and I would probably agree to some extent, that a certain level of competition in this regard is useful. Competing to get rid of the defilements. Uh, it, it comes in with meditators. When people are meditating in a group, they find themselves uh, wanting to uh, not necessarily show off, but at least keep up with the group. So you find yourself sitting straighter and longer and better and easier because of this so-called so peer pressure. Peer pressure. Uh, there are other people watching you, or or other people who are going to judge you and so on. And so to a limited extent, it's helpful, at least in the beginning. I would say in the long term, even that has to be uh, given up and practice should be done alone, uh, sp specifically because of these, uh, these, these difficulties, that when we don't have competition, we're lazy and so on, because it's that laziness and that uh, inertia that we're trying to overcome. And if we're always reliant on a group, then we'll never have a chance to face these states and to overcome them, even though uh, it might be helpful in the beginning to, uh, to have support. Uh, eventually one should be able to go directly inside and not have one's uh, state of, of mind be dependent on external phenomena. As for um, eradicating these sorts of states in the world, uh, well, the, the, I guess the simple explanation is the, by extension, the uh, explanation of, to people 
that uh, of what is really valuable because we've come to value things that are useless that are meaningless and we've given up our valuing of things that are useful like meditation introspection staying alone and, and spending time to yourself and so on we esteem uh, people who are gregarious outgoing who are uh, fun and exciting and so on and people who are introspective, thoughtful, and so on, are less esteemed by the masses at any rate. And so um, I, I think this, this sort of paradigm shift needs to take place where we become less social and more uh, introspective, or at least um, more in tune with reality, which really does put us as an island where... Uh, even though we might be involved with other people, our relationships with other people are conceptual. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that sort of thing, but in an ultimate sense, we are alone. We were born alone, we'll die alone, we live our lives alone, our thoughts are our own, and so on. To, to a great extent, we are solitary beings, no matter, we might be surrounded by love, ones, people who love us, and so on, and still be lonely, still be, feel alone uh, if we're not able to understand and to come to terms with the nature of our own minds and our own reality. So, um, you know, I, I think it's obviously a difficult thing to do and, and in any way changing society. But uh, even changing society comes from within. As you change yourself, you become an example for others and the things that you say and the uh, advice that you give, the, the impression that you give to others is uh, a great support for them to also find um, the, the results and to, to gain the sorts of results that you've gained through your practice. So I hope that helps. Thanks for the question. All the best.